Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Step Study. My name is Jen A, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, February 25th, 2021. Today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in the chapter titled More About Alcoholism, and we're on page 39 in the second paragraph. We're beginning on the line that reads, Fred would not believe himself. We'll be reading 10 lines ending in self-knowledge would fix it and commenting on those 10 lines. Today's readers are Team Thursday, Barb W. for the 12 Steps, Margaret D. for the 12 Traditions, Renee A. is the reader of the text, Janice will close us out, and Christina will help us and back us up today. Susan H. Uh, will be our newcomer greeter, and our second hour moderator will be the lovely Leslie W. The reference numbers for Wednesday, February 24th, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time are 16,459-16459. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time will be 16,460. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And at a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Barb W. to read the 12 steps. Hi, Barb W., Naperville, Illinois, Recovering Compulsive Overeater, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve. 
Thanks, Barb W. I will now ask Margaret D. to read the 12 traditions. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Um, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, Thank Margaret you. D. Mm-hmm. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers is six months, and there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing on what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you'll press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study um, in the chapter more about alcoholism. We're currently on page 39, the second paragraph. Renee's going to begin with Fred should not believe himself an alcoholic, reading 10 lines. Good morning to you, Renee A. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, everybody. This is Renee A., recovered compulsive overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Fred would not believe himself an alcoholic, much less accept a spiritual remedy for his problem. We told him what we knew about alcoholism. 
he was interested and conceded that he had some of the symptoms, but he was a long way from admitting that he could do nothing about it himself. He was positive that this humiliating experience, plus the knowledge he had acquired, would keep him sober the rest of his life. Self-knowledge would fix it. Well, so... I love that we read Fred's story because in so many ways it's so different than Jim's. And um, I, I totally relate to Fred. There was a long period of time where I would not believe myself a compulsive overeater. And I absolutely scoffed and mocked people that had any kind of a spiritual solution. I am basically, you know, worship the God of me and the God of intellect and, um, I thought, you know what, this is something I can figure out. Knowledge, um, you know, is going gonna, is gonna to be a huge help to me. And so I set off, uh, you know, to gain that knowledge. But here's the, here's the problem. Um, you know, this book tells me that I've got a twofold disease, that my body is sick, but my mind is sicker. And, um, you know, if it was just my body, I'd be okay. I'd just I'd stop eating those foods that that trigger the phenomenon of craving, and I'd be okay. But basically, this book also tells me, and my experience abundantly shows, that the main problem of my disease centers in my mind. So, you know, there's also a conundrum there because if my mind is what created this problem, then my mind can't be the solution. I mean, definitively. You know, those two are opposites. Um, the problem can't be the solution. You know, it's interesting because we, we say a lot in this program, my best thinking got me here. Uh, it, you know, it got me right smack in the middle of a 12-step program for my addiction. And, um, man, I gave it my best shot. I, you know, I did all the therapy and all the self-help books. And, I, you know, I bet I've got a Ph.D. in nutrition now if I, you know, if I had just had the coursework because, um, you know, I know a ton about nutrition. I did all the tips and tricks, um, all those little, you know, thinking things that we talk about, about, you know, how to trick your mind. You know what? There is no way to trick my mind because my mind is the problem. It is the disease. And I found it to be utterly insufficient against the onslaught of this disease. Um, This disease took me down um, to the very, very bottom, uh, to the darkest place imaginable, and all the self-knowledge in the world isn't going to hold the progression of that back. Um, I'll tell you what I did find. I found that, you know, all of that religious, spiritual stuff that I scoffed at turned out to be my solution. Um, you know, our book says there is one who has all power. That one is God. And, you know, may I find him now. May we find him now. Uh, and with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Renee A. All right. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who would like to share on what was read today? I'm Wanda. I'd like to share Wanda R. Great. I heard Wanda and Harlan. Rick J. Jennifer H. Jennifer H. Jennifer. I heard a Jennifer H. Were there two or just one? Just one. Thanks, Jennifer. Anyone else? Sandy S. Patricia C. 
And Patricia, let's stop there. All right, wonderful lineup. Let me tell you who I have. I have Wanda R, followed by Harlan G, Rick J, Jennifer H, Sandy S, and Patricia C. Good morning to you, Wanda. Go ahead and press star one to unmute your phone, Wanda. Good morning, uh, and thank you for uh, having a meeting. And uh, I just want to say that um, I was uh, bulimic for 14 years, and my mind told me uh, that it was okay. My mind told me to keep going, to keep throwing up, to keep, uh, you know, uh, practicing the disease. Uh, and I did not have a higher power, and uh, I, I thought that I did, but I didn't practice uh, going to my higher power. And uh, and then my mind uh, told me to uh, my practice the twelve steps when I realized that my higher power was in charge. And my mind tells me to practice uh, a food plan. And my mind tells me uh, to, uh, to apologize when, when I'm wrong, whether I want to or not. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, I am incapable of staying abstinent, which I've been since March 10th, 1985, uh, by myself. I need help. I need uh, to turn it over to my higher power. And I know that, uh, you know, that my higher power is good. And every single day I have to do those things that will gain me abstinence, that will gain me sanity and serenity. And I want to trust even more every day the 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 basics of the program and listen and learn because I still have to be teachable. I do not have all the answers. I do not know every day what is best for me. I have to ask for God's will and I have to try to do that. And with that I pass. Thanks, Wanda R. Up next, we have Harlan G. followed by Rick J. Good morning to you, Harlan. Good morning, Jen. Thank you for your service. I am Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. The story of Fred is really the story of Harry Brick. Harry Brick was a wealthy accountant who actually loaned Bill Wilson $1,000 to get the big book out of uh, Hawk, out of the printer, in 1939, and he had a sue bill, the sue AA to get the money, but he did get it. He wrote a story in the first edition called A Different Slant. Now, why is A Different Slant a very important story? Because it breaks through the stereotypical image we have of what an alcoholic looks like. Does an alcoholic lay in the gutter in a trench coat and drink whiskey from a paper bag? Maybe. But they're also in the boardroom, and they're also in everyday life. Now, 
compulsive overeaters do not have to weigh 300 pounds, 400 pounds or more to be compulsive overeaters. Some compulsive overeaters look like movie stars. Some compulsive overeaters have normal weight and they may be bulimic. They may be anorexic. They may get an effect from restricting. We come in all sizes. We come in all shapes. We come from Yale, we come from jail. We come from Park Avenue and we come from a park bench. But what do we have in common is the disease. We have an allergy of the body and a twist of the mind. Let's look at the paragraph. Fred would not believe himself an alcoholic, which means he would not take step one, much less accept a spiritual remedy for his problem, step two. We told him what we knew of alcoholism. What did they tell him? They told him about the allergy of the body and the twist of the mind. He was interested and conceded he had some of the symptoms. He was a little bit pregnant, but he was a long way from admitting that he could do nothing about it himself. In other words, he was thinking that the brain that broke him would, could be the brain that fixed him. I cannot get a solution from the same source that caused my problem. Lack of power is my dilemma, not lack of knowledge. I need the power of the spiritual awakening, otherwise I can never emancipate from this disease. It is not going to happen. The only method that I have of getting into recovery is through a spiritual awakening. And what we're gonna find is that the book is going to tell us again and again that my defense must come from a higher power, but because we have egos, and what does my ego tell me? My ego tells me I'm different from all of you. I'm special. Every compulsive overeater who dies in the disease goes to God and says to God, why didn't you help me? He says, I sent you OA. He says, but you don't understand, God. My case is different. No, it's not. If I have that allergy and I have that twist of the mind, then my case is the same. Whether I'm from Yale or jail, I'm going to need a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. And that is my only solution to this dilemma. And with that, I will pass. Thanks, Jen. Absolutely. Thank you, Harlan G. Up next is Rick J. followed by Jennifer H. Hey, Rick. Hey, Jen, good morning. Good to be on the line. Uh, my name is Rick Jay. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. Um, the uh, the part that was really hitting me hard was he was positive that his humiliating experience, plus the knowledge he had acquired, would keep him sober the rest of his life. Self-knowledge would fix it. So for me, uh, my self-knowledge was um, that, yes, I am a compulsive overeater. Um, and I'm also an alcoholic, and I know all about 12-step programs, and I know about sponsorship and about finding a higher power, and uh, I know about hitting the bottom. And what happened with me is that, you know, I was comparing myself with, with other people in the rooms of OA, and um, there, was, there was ego. I had this ego that, um, you know, I was unique. I wasn't quite as bad as you, but I surely understood you. I understand where you're coming from, what you're trying to do. And yeah, you've got this 
this 12 step program and, and yep, because I, I know all about this. I've been, I've been living and breathing this for years and that was my self-knowledge. And I really didn't feel that it was necessary to put in the amount of effort and work that, that people who were recovered um, from compulsive overeating did because I, part of me didn't want to do it. The other part of me with my ego believed that I truly could do this the way I had been doing it. I did not need to change that much. And yes, I am a compulsive overeater. I would acknowledge that, but that self-knowledge, that ego, that look at me, look at my life, look what I've done. Um, you know, this comparison of, of my outsides to your outsides kept me bouncing in and out of OA for years. My self-knowledge did not fix it. And when I started identifying, truly identifying with the pain of what was going on inside of you and what was going on inside of me and the mental obsession that was going on inside of me, um, I could truly, for the first time, admit that I had to do exactly what you did if I wanted to get what you had. And in October of 2019, I was literally and figuratively on my knees in the outer banks and made a call and uh you know and i've i've been abstinent since then and and i i've gone through the steps with the recovered sponsor and i uh i work the steps each day i just stay in the steps all the time connect with my higher power throughout the day uh starting in the morning ending at night calling people um you know doing my uh continued inventory process, trying to carry the message, trying to practice the principles in all my affairs. That's what the people that were recovered were doing. And that's what I'm doing now. Oh, wow. And it works. So uh, it really does. That I pass. Thanks, Rick. Up next, we, up next, we have Jennifer H. followed by Sandy S. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, this is Jennifer H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Virginia. Um, and I feel like I was a lot like Fred, where I just wasn't out of ideas yet. You know, he didn't believe himself an alcoholic, much less accept the spiritual remedy for his program, for his problem. There, you know, I'd go in and out on whether I was a compulsive overeater. And, um, and I kept trying other things because somehow those other things seemed like an easier solution than a spiritual remedy for my problem. You know, old ideas like just ignoring it and hoping it would go away, um, turning to alcohol or to men instead of food, um, the latest diet, saying screw it and just eating what I wanted. And I certainly had a lot of self-knowledge in years and years of OA, actually, um, and years of therapy and all that stuff. And none of that, um, that and the self-sufficiency that runs really deep in me and like the person before me said ego. You know, none of that is a remedy for this problem. The only solution that I have found is my higher power and God. Uh, um, you know, this whole, there was a lot of humiliating, humiliating experiences along with the knowledge. Um, there was gaining, losing 80 pounds and gaining more back and having hip replacement surgery twice and uh, walking around on a cane at 57 and all that stuff, you know. What and, and the solution is just turning to God. You know, it's uh, turning to God, and He runs to us. And um, 
I must have the spiritual solution to be recovered, and I'm so grateful that I don't have to rely on my broken brain to be the thing that fixes me today, that I rely on God by getting up in the morning, starting my day with him, and talking to people, and ending my day with God. And uh, I'm so glad I don't have to rely on my brain and my own self-knowledge anymore. It doesn't work anyway. Thank you so very much. I'm passed. Thanks, Jennifer H. from Virginia. Up next is Sandy S., followed by Patricia C. Sandy, press star one, please. I was the, hi, Sandy S. from Asheville. I was the polar opposite of Fred. Um, I knew, like, I was a compulsive overeater and couldn't do anything about it. Um, and I definitely was ready to accept any remedy. And it just wasn't compulsive overeating. I knew I just hated myself. I was in a state of fear all the time, unrelated to reality, and that nothing could help me, you know. And I had no difficulty, you know, and I just want to say that. I never realized what a gift it was to always have that realization that I was powerless, not over only over the eating and throwing up, but so powerless over the self-hate and self-condemnation for not being what I wanted to be. And I had many humiliated ex- experiences. They just had no impact on me. Um, just the fear and the self-hate was so strong, and I knew knowledge wouldn't help. I tried every kind of therapy imaginable and became a psychologist just for the point of healing myself. And um, so I'm really grateful for all the pain I've had in my life. I never thought I would say that, but the gift God gave me was this incredible motivation. Like nothing will stop me in terms of just wanting to heal and really praying each day just to be open to God's will. You know, it's not a matter and the power to carry it out. The first thing is really knowing just at a deep level, like what is the next right step for me in terms of healing my soul? And once that is in process, then I could truly help other people. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Sandy S. Up next is Patricia C., and then we'll take another list of names. Before you share this morning with us, Patricia, um, let us let me remind everybody where we're at. Uh, we're in the chapter still more about alcoholism. We're in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're currently on page 39, and we're reading uh, approximately 10 lines. It starts on 39 with Fred would not believe himself. Go 10 lines, and at the end of the paragraph, we're ending it, self-knowledge would fix it. So, uh, Patricia C., can you go ahead and share? Thank you. This is Patricia C. in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I don't know what it was just today. It just, like, clicked on a, a really important part of program. And I'm, I'm recovered. Um, it's been, like, since, I guess, July. Um, but still this just idea of powerlessness like I know that I'm powerless and I, and I knew that like for sure because you can't really it's really it would be very hard to go through all the things 
without really being able to take that first step. So that's really important. And I did take that. But I think that in the back of my mind, there's just been this little bit of judgment um, on, on myself from my past and also on other people um, who have really bad stories, especially in um, like in other programs that I don't understand because I don't have that same allergy. And it just drove home today um, that, you know, poor Fred, he had all this self-knowledge, but he, it never occurred to him that he could not. And I don't know what it was, but it just clicked today that that could not, um, is also a, a place of um, being able to, you know, surrender and have serenity to be like, wow, you know, I, I, I can't look back at my past. And I know my past made me, um, I know that that's, you know, I should be thankful for that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I just wish it didn't happen, I guess is really what it was. I wish it didn't happen. But then I look back and it's like, it's just, there's no way it couldn't, it couldn't have, you know, I was powerless. Like there was nothing I could do. I had no power. And when I hear these other stories of people who, you know, like, like, you know, Fred's like, you know, blacking out and, and somehow making it to another city um, that we're going to read later. He's powerless. There's just, there's nothing he could have done except for the spiritual solution. And, um, and I think just today, just to be able to finally be able to let that go and, and any sort of wishing things had been this way or wishing things had been that way to be able to say, but that's just, there was no other way, you know, until God entered the picture and, and not just, you know, loving God, but allowing God to instruct me and doing things that I didn't want to do because I, I knew that God wanted me to like my step four, like my step nine. Um, so anyway, that's just, uh, just wanted to share that because that um, stuck out to me. So thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Patricia C. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and take a list of names. And although we value your experience, it is that ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who would like Carrie to share Kay. on what we read? Is it Mary Kay? Barbara S. Terry Kay. Linda Kay. Lana Kay. I have Terry, then Linda, Alana. Reva P. Anita J. Loretta H. Anita. There's a gentleman's voice in there. Deep B. Thanks, Pete. And then um, Loretta, let's stop there. Let's hope we can get all you guys in. Okay, I think this is who I heard. We'll see, it was a lot. Terry, Linda, Alana, Reva, Anita, Pete, and Loretta. We'll see if we can get everybody in. Good morning to you, Terry Kay. Terry, press star one. This is Terry Kay. I thought I was unmuted. Sorry. I um, am in Missouri and grateful for you, Jen, and for your service and glad to be here. I really identify with the um, knowledge, thinking that, that knowledge could get me there. Um, you know, I was told growing up that, that it was all about willpower and self-control. And I was, um, my dad was my cheerleader and also the one who told me that I, you know, needed to lose weight. And so you know, as a child, you, you, you're, why would you know anything other than what you're told? And so I had no idea, no idea 
that just maybe I was different than anyone in my family and just maybe that I didn't have the power. But I was told I had the power. And, and it wasn't until I entered the, the recovery rooms of OA where I started to learn through my sponsor and through the work I did that if it was something I could have controlled, given the history of other things I had accomplished in my life, wouldn't I have done that already? And the relief of knowing that it was something beyond human aid, that I never had the power because I lacked power, and then to find the power and to work these steps and let God take over areas of my life where I had no power was just, it still amazes me. And and one of my favorite things is to think about how when I surrender 100% all my power, that is the most empowering thing I'll ever do in my life. Whereas before recovery, I would have told you that I'm in charge. You know, my success or failure depends on me. And I no longer believe that, that this food problem is a food problem. It's a, it's a hole in my heart spirit problem that only God can, can restore. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Terry Kay. Up next, we have Linda followed by Alana. Good morning, Linda. Hi, Jen. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. in Connecticut. I'm laughing at myself right now. Uh, I should say I'm recovered for a while, several years, and I'm thrilled to be recovered. And, um, hmm. well, the thing is, I woke up and I was laughing. That's a miracle uh, that I woke up because I didn't do it. It was done for me. And I know that now. Uh, the last thing I ever wanted to hear was, um, God, abandon yourself to God. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. And it's the first thing I needed to hear. Um, I was born with this disease. This is my experience. I was born with this disease. Some form of it exists throughout my entire family. And it's not really... Uh, talked about very much in today's society or the society in which I was born quite a while ago. And um, it's kind of poo-pooed, not very important, or go to a treatment center. Now, that's fine. It may help people. But go to the 12 steps because that's really what works for me. Um, My life is so beautiful beyond my wildest dreams. And boy, is it tough tough right now. It's, hey, you know, the world, right? It's going on. The thing of it is, I can laugh a lot now, and I do. If you ever saw me walking around my house, I live with alone with, well, not alone. I live with, with my animals, and um, they're four-footed. And, um, well, the bird is two-footed. <laughs> and, uh, and God. And I talk to God, like, out loud, And I would have thought, oh, how corny. No, just what do you want me to do next? And I do it. And boy, do I bitch. Sometimes I don't want to do it. And it's exactly the right thing to do. You would think after several years of being recovered and being given some wisdom and some confidence, but I know where it comes from. It comes from, shut up, Linda, you don't know much, and listen to your soul. That's who needs to be heard, my soul because it connects me with everything, all of it, and all of you, and I so appreciate you, and I pass. 
Appreciate you too. Thanks, Linda D. Up next, we have Alana followed by Riva. Good morning to you, Alana. Hi, this is Ilana Kay in Israel. Um, I I rarely share on this meeting, and I just was called to share today. I'm I am scared beyond belief because I have ended up in the food yet again. I'm reading the story of Fred. You know, it's like I I know a compulsive overeater, and of course, self knowledge availed me nothing. I don't even think of eating in the normal terms. I don't think you know someday I'll be able to lick this. Someday I'll be able to master it. Someday there'll be some solution. I know what's going to happen. And when I think through the first bite, I know exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be a, a bag and a box and a gallon and, and whatever for days on end. I never know how long those days will last. And the weight gain and the stomach pain and the insomnia and the craziness with my family, I know exactly what's going to happen. And the insanity is I know what's going to happen, and yet I do it anyway. And I guess I'm I'm sharing today because I really would appreciate – some insights and, and, you know, outreach because I, I don't know where else to go. I, I've been trying to get through these steps for years and I can't get through them without picking up again. And I've tried to work them as fast as I, you know, I possibly can work them with four children who've been home during a pandemic for months on end. And it's like, there's no excuse. I know there's no excuse, but I can't slip and get through these steps without picking up. And I don't know what else to do. You know, it says, I'm just looking at, at the text, like, you know, it's, I know it's a spiritual answer and the spiritual solution comes once you work through the steps, but how does one get through the steps? And I know it's, I make phone calls, but you know, I think somebody else shared, like when I'm in, in those moments, the last thing I want to do is make a phone call. And my sponsor says, willingness is doing what you know is right, even though you want, don't want to, but I'm as powerless over making myself willing as I am over the food. I can't make myself do something that I don't want to do. I'm powerless over that too. So maybe that's the answer. Maybe I need to surrender that, you know, I can't do that either. Like exercise the proper use of the will, blah, blah, blah. Like I know all this stuff in my head and it doesn't help me actually do it. So I'm just needed to, to speak up and I, like, I really want to recover. I listen Mommy. to alcoholics Mommy. speak Mommy. up the wazoo all the Mommy. time and, and it, nothing helps. Mommy. So, like just Mommy. Don't, people get it. Mommy. Sorry, my child. Is, so I'm going to stop Mommy. there. Thank you for letting me share. Mommy. Alana, can you give us the spelling of your name before you go? And she disappeared. Okay, we'll look for you on the member list. Thanks, Alana Kay from Israel. Up next, we have Riva followed by Anita. Good morning to you, Riva. Good morning. This is Riva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, I related to so much of the sharing, but what strikes me the most is what I've heard before, that information is not the same as transformation. And I can know that I have this disease, I can know about the big book, I can know about the steps, and it doesn't get me well. Um, And I very much relate to, um, I got this, Uh, I'm positive, I can fix this, I got this. Um, And when I hear myself telling somebody, I know what I have to do, I have to give this to God, I have to make more calls, I have to this, I have to that, that's when I'm in trouble. You know what the best place to be is with everything, 
whether it's with the food or with my defects or with whatever, is the beginning of step one. I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. And to let that be a safe place. Um, And when I get to the place where I have run out of ideas and I can no longer roll up my sleeves and I cannot be so sure, I'm sure I got to do this and I'm sure I got to do that. When I get to the place of step one with everything, everything, that's my beginning to freedom. And step one is not step 11. If I need power, if you know, lack of knowledge is not my problem, but lack of power, I got to get to step 11. I got to put the food down and do the work and take one small step at a time. Um, So, you know, I see it so much with my defects of character, especially the fear. I know I'm supposed to trust, but that doesn't help me. That doesn't help me. This is about practicing, doing. Um, It's the practice. It's the experience. And when I do it, and leave my head somewhere else. Just do it. Because um, my head makes everything so complicated. Just do the next right step. Do the next right step. Do the next right step. God comes in. The channel to God opens. It does all the time. So whenever I hear myself say, I know, I got this, I think, um, I'm in trouble. Because this program tells me, it says in the AA 12 and 12, you know, nobody's going to, I'm not going to get this. Proved beyond doubt, an immense experience is the fact that we shall find no enduring strength until we first admit complete defeat. Complete defeat. And then I move on from there. Um, And with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva P. Up next, we have Anita J. followed by Pete B. Good morning to you, Anita J. Hi. Good morning, Jen. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Anita J. gratefully recovered and um, through the grace of God uh, in Massachusetts. Um, didn't you guys know I was terminally unique? This was, and that was my dilemma. You can't be terminally unique. You cannot be different from everybody else. But I just could not allow myself, like Fred, you know, he liked all of these nice guys that were giving him help. But they were nice people when I went to my first OA meeting. You know, I never left, and that was in 1978. But I never listened. There were bits and pieces. It wasn't until vision, but I can't say that vision was the answer. It was this finally beaten down so many times. I got it now, I got it now, I got it now. Those are the kiss of death. Never say that. It's, um, you, know, you, you take this a day at a time, Anita. I'm talking, you know, I decided to share because I needed to make sure I really believe this. I do believe it. I want to keep it going. And, you know, I know people's lives and they, they say they're second to nothing and they have issues, so do I. You know? You know, I took a trip I thought was God's will and I broke a vertebrae in my back and it's healed, but at my age it's never going to be what it was. And now I've got an assortment of walkers, some cute ones, different shapes, 
I mean, the point is it's life on life's terms. My vision is going. Um, but you know what? I am so grateful, as, as he will eventually be too, if we stick with it, if we're waiting for the perfect couple of um, years, uh, Mr. Wright, you know who Mr. Wright is? I always knew there was a Mr. Wright. It's my higher power. He is my best friend. I never believed this would ever happen to me. Hand in hand, that's who's holding me now. And I'm just a grateful human being. Issues and all, it's um, it's great. I'm, I don't have to fake it anymore. What a relief. Thank you, everybody. You're all my gods with skin on them, you know? Bye-bye. Thanks, Anita J. Up next is Pete B., followed by Loretta. Good morning to you, Pete. Good morning, Jen. Thanks for calling on me. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Thanks for taking the meeting and your lead. It's uh, it's been great. So, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to key in on this where it says Fred would not believe himself an alcoholic, much less accept a spiritual remedy for his problem. And, you know, I, I didn't really have a struggle um believing that I was a compulsive overeater because I, I, you know, my history showed me I compulsively overeat. I eat when I tell myself I don't want to eat, right? My problem, my problem was, right? Because, you know, I guess, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm, I am, I'm terminally unique because the book tells me I'm terminally unique. I, I, it says that the delusion that we are like other people or presently may be has to be smashed, right? But what, 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 what like for me is I just never knew and it didn't seem like most of the people in the meetings I went to really knew what it really means to be a compulsive overeater, right? I never took, I never took this disease as serious as it is with the level of seriousness that I needed to take it in order, in order to surrender, right? I thought that, I thought that the, the results of compulsive overeating may, you know, were the indicator of whether or not I was a compulsive overeater, right? Like being fat and bumpy and lumpy and, and high blood pressure and diabetes and all those things. No, like what, what makes me a compulsive overeater by definition is that I have an abnormal reaction to certain foods, ingredients, and behaviors that cause me to get the phenomenon of craving to use more of those substances. That's the physical aspect of this, is, this disease. Coupled with a mental condition, that tells me I don't have that physical condition. And that, that combination of those, two, uh, those, of those two things is a fatal, progressive, deadly condition. It only gets worse, never better. And no human power, no mental defense you know, weighing and measuring, calling and writing, right, reporting, uh, you know, weighing and measuring my emotions and all of those things will not address those things, right? Those are, those are tools that we use to get us to the, the thing that will – or the, the source that will address those things, right? That, no, that there is nothing that's going to arrest us or stop me from acting out on those, uh, on those things then having a relationship with the God of my understanding, then aligning my will with God, right? And growing and developing spiritually, right? I wanted to seek all of the, you know, all of the, all of the other things you people were talking about, right? If I just did a perfect fourth step, 
right? If I only get my, you know, my, my, if I can only get step two correct, if I can only get my third step, no, no, right? Like we, you know, we have one, there's one solution, right? We have to stop 100% entirely ingesting the substances that cause the phenomenon of craving. We develop spiritually some way, maybe the 12 steps, maybe another steps, maybe, maybe another thing, I don't know. And we help others. That's it. You boil the whole thing down, right? Stop, 100% stop. No more. Can't put this stuff in me one more, one bit. Grow spiritually and help others. So that's the thing. What I, what I struggled with the most is I never wanted to stop entirely. Right? I wanted to find different ways, different, with different ways of still experiencing, still enjoying those substances that cause the phenomenon of craving. Find a, a loophole. There's no loophole. I have a condition that has zero tolerance for any of those, for any of those substances, ingredients, or behaviors. And then I have only one choice. That is to align my will with God's, grow spiritually, and help others. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Pete B. All right. Uh, so up next, we're going to have Loretta. Good morning to you, Loretta. Hi, Jen. Good morning. And thank you for your service. And again, thank God and thank everyone on this line for saving my life this morning. I'm Loretta H. from Raleigh, North Carolina. And I'm so grateful to be here, grateful to hear the sheriffs because, like I said, they save my life every morning. But I wanted to key in on um, he was positive that the humiliating experience with knowledge he had acquired would keep him sober for the rest of his life. Self-knowledge would fix it. And this is, again, the only thing I know is that I don't know because my mind, my mind is very shabby and full of propaganda that Loretta has probably stirred in it for, I'm 73. Or like, they don't like bringing in outside people. Oh, that hold are on not, just a second. Yeah. We just need to get the line muted. Thank you. Go ahead, Loretta. Jen? Jen? Yes, Loretta, go right ahead. We got the lines remuted. Sorry for the interruption. <laughs> I'm sorry, but wherever I was at, it's my mind that really gets me in trouble. And um, one share this morning really keyed in to me was the identifying out all the time because I am anorexic and I can identify out so easily. And that is my ego, contempt before investigation. And I always feel like, well, I don't belong here because I don't show my, you know, my insanity on my outside. And that's a really big problem for me because that's so fraudulent. And so um, I've had this disease since I was five. And my weight has been up and down, um, not to obese levels, but it has destroyed my life. And because of that and, and the shares and just today, I know I am powerless and I know I must surrender my will and my life over to the care of God. My will is my thinking. I must not think. I need to actually have God's will transfer into my brain and that's how i have to start my day a date with god but then during the day i also have to have little rendezvous with him because my thinking is just so so 
askew and so um, unreliable. And today I don't hopefully will have the propaganda and the shabbiness of my own intelligence and my um, thinking I can go out and help others trust God and definitely for all day long clean this house because it's very dirty most of the time. And with that, I pass. And thank you again, everybody, for saving my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta H. All right, we have time for one more share. Who would like that spot today? Ramona A. Go right ahead, Ramona A. Hi. Um, I just felt called to share this morning. I'm Ramona in Vermont, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, what um, touched me in this and looking at my history was almost a mixture of uh, Jim and Fred. But I did for years, did not know what the answer was. I didn't know what the problem was. I just knew that I was fat and could lose weight and gain weight and lose weight and gain weight. And I had all the self-knowledge and all the food knowledge, etc. But it didn't work. So when I heard of OA, when I came to OA and listened, I I didn't have any problem with the spiritual. I said, oh, here's a solution. I've got a solution. And I jumped right in and I did the steps. I became recovered and sponsored and all that for just a few years. And then I thought I knew it all or I thought that it was okay, you know, that I was cured, not just recovered, but cured. And I got involved in another project in my life that took a lot of time and I dropped the meetings and then I dropped taking care of the food and I dropped the sponsees and wouldn't you know it you know in a little while I was heavier than I'd ever been before so then I was embarrassed and I went to pay in ways I lost the weight but I gained it again so I knew that OA was my only solution the steps were my only solution and I did come back, and I came back, but I didn't come back to, didn't know of a, a program using the big book. So it wasn't until I really came into this meeting that using the big book and using a very intense program like this that I got the kind of recovery I have now. The, the feeling of recovery, the feeling of being neutral around food. So um, I finally, finally got to the point where hopefully Jim and Fred got to and stayed once they once they actually got there. I work a spiritual program and understand that I am so powerless that only a spiritual program, only a higher power is going to save me, keep me recovered. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, Ramona A. from Vermont for taking us out today. Thanks everyone who shared and thanks to everyone who came to the meeting. Again, thank you so much to Barb, Margaret, Renee, Janice, Christina, Jay, Susan, and Leslie W. for joining me this month um, on our team uh, Thursday. So please join us for a second unrecorded set hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today's meeting, Thursday, February 25th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, is 16,468. That's 16468. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Janice PM 
please read A Vision for You. My pleasure, Jen. Uh, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.